I think we should just sit down, make a circle, and <laughs> or turn this thing that way <laughs> so I can see all of you. But uh, before we start, that would be wonderful. That way I can, I can see the congregation. <laughs> Thank you, Maria Angeli. It's a huge and a humbling experience to be in front of you. And I just pray that Annette will turn this way. <laughs> but above that, uh, we will all be, um, the Holy Spirit will speak to our hearts above anything else. Not through my mouth, but to our hearts. So let's bow our heads for prayer. Our Father, our King, our Lord, you are the great I am. Don't let us forget what you have done in the past. And today, Lord, I pray and we humbly pray, Lord, that you will touch our hearts, that you will speak to us. You will speak to our hearts, Lord. That your Holy Spirit will be able to share in our hearts what you want to say. Forgive us for our sins. And keep us close to you. It's in the name of precious Jesus that we pray. Amen. Amen. Today is a, a special day, right? Why? I thought you were going to say it's Sabbath. <laughs> it's Sabbath, but it is Christmas Eve. Yes. And you're right. <laughs> and... It's not that today is only the thing that's so hectic that the people are ready to open their gifts tomorrow or, or what's going to happen, but that there was a miracle. We don't know exactly when it was born, but today is the day that people remember that miracle. And today we're going to talk about some things, and at the end, we're going to put it together by the grace of God. Somebody very special to my heart gave me this book. And whoever loves to read is going to want to buy it uh, after Sabbath <laughs> finishes. It's called The Heavenly Man. And this book, I started reading it, and thank you, Ben. It has been such and such a blessing to me, and it has been a beautiful book. And I want to tell you just a little bit about it, and for sure I'm not going to be able to say it the way, if you read it, oh, it, 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 you'll, be, you'll be blessed in abundance, but I'll just try to share a little bit of the story of, of just a bit of this man this man is called Jung, and he is a Chinese person, and he was born in the 1950-something, 50 56 or something. And as he's working, I mean, as he's a child, he starts, the, the book starts talking about the struggles they had in China, okay? And this boy, his family... And then 
the father was sick and he has no money and there's no way that uh, they struggle a lot in, in with his family. The father's dying and how the Lord brings his father to God is because of the wife and her humbleness. She just hears the voice of God saying, I love you. So she kneels down and it's beautiful how this family comes to God in a place where they were persecuted. And all the Chinese missionaries were hanged, killed. 150 missionaries were killed because of the persecution. They didn't want any Christianity there. And some of them were hanged so they could see them there hanging. But this boy, Jung, he was like 16 years old. And when his father was cured from cancer by God, he told his mother, Mother, is there, is there more word from God? And she said, Son, <laughs> I am, I need to tell you, son, that there is. There is more word from God, but we don't know where. There is more word from God, but we don't know where. In all China, the Bibles were taken away and prohibited. If they found you with a Bible, they would stone you, kill you, put you in jail, whatever it is, no? The different case but you would not be or well or alive, one or the others. So this boy said to his mother, Mother, I need the word. Where is more word? The mother said, there's no more word. There is no more word. I am sorry, son, there's no more word. But suddenly, the mother remembered, oh, there is an old Chinese man that he used to be a pastor, but he was put in jail and persecuted and everything. This old Chinese man, he had a Bible, I remember. So let's take you to him. So they started walking and walking and walking for hours until they reached to this old man's house. When they reached to their old man's house, they knocked and they said, I want to know if you have a Bible. He was a young man with his clothes completely torn, poor. They were struggling even to eat. The family was struggling. They were very poor. They says, can you please, can you please let me see the word that you have? The Bible that you have. And the man looked at him. He was fearful, right? Because he knew that if that could be a, a trap, if he showed him the Bible that he had hidden in a can, if he showed him the Bible, he could be put to jail again. He was in jail how many years? 20 years for being Christian, for having a Bible. So this time he was very afraid, and he, he was very fearful. And he to told the boy, boy, if you want a Bible, you are going to go 
and pray to God. The word comes from God. So if you want a Bible, you ask. You ask God. You go home and you kneel down and you pray to God. He'll give you a Bible. So this young boy, he went home and he started praying and praying and praying and praying. And he said, Lord, we want a Bible. I want a Bible. I need a Bible. And because he did not know how to pray, he prayed this. Father, Lord, please give me a Bible. Amen. That was his prayer. Welcome. <laughs> he said, Father, please give me a Bible. Amen. And he would go to sleep and pray again and again and again and again and again for his Bible. After some time passed by, there was no Bible. And he decided to walk again to the house of the man, an old man, by himself, not with his mother anymore. He says, I'm going to go. He was probably like 14 years old, 15 at this time. So he walked by himself and he went to the house. He knocked the door and the man said, it's you again. He says, I have been praying and praying and praying for a Bible, but there's no Bible. The Lord has not given me a Bible. So he says, okay, son, if you, if, if, so the boy told the man, do me a favor. Take your Bible out, open it. I don't even have to touch it. You open it, this is in China, when, when it was prohibited to have a Bible. Open it, and from the distance, I will see it. And if you let me, I will copy a little bit from it. And, and if you let me copy a little bit from it, that is all I need. And from then, I will leave, and I will be satisfied. This poor man, he felt very bad for the boy. And he said to the boy, he looked him in his eyes, and he said, if you want a Bible, if you want a Bible, and you're serious about wanting a Bible, now you have to start fasting, not only praying, but you have to start fasting. So you go home, and you start fasting. He said, just, just let me see your Bible and let me copy a little bit. I don't even have to touch it. I'll copy a little bit and I'll go home and I'll be so happy. I'll be so happy. And, and the man said, no, you go home and now you start fasting and praying and begging God for a Bible. If God is the God of the word, he can give it to you. He is the one that's going to give it to you. So he went back home, and he walked for hours until he reached home. And he went on his knees. And now their parents, now they, before they thought he was crazy, now they were almost completely sure he was getting crazy because he was not eating. He just ate a small portion of rice at, at, at night. That was all he was eating because he was fasting. And so he was, he was eating that rice and going to sleep. But he could not sleep. He would be praying and praying and praying, Lord, please give me a Bible. 
And I promise you, when you give me that Bible, oh, I promise you that I'm going to sh cherish it. I'm going to read it. I'm going to. He was so hungry and so desperate for a Bible. And he started pleading and pleading and pleading and praying and praying and fasting and fasting. And his parents were very, very much scared for him. And after a hundred days, how many days? We get tired of fasting. I get tired of fasting one day. <laughs> I have not tried a hundred days. In Nepal, there was a, a time in my life that I had to, I was fasting and fasting, and I got gastritis over that. A lot of problem and tension. But this young boy, he was fasting and fasting and praying, and the parents were thinking that he was losing his mind, and he was hungry, hungry for a Bible. And he would say, Lord, if you give me a Bible, I will treasure it. I will put it inside of me, and I will be filled with this word. And he says, looking back, this is the most difficult thing I have ever endured. But one night, at 4 o'clock in the morning, this young boy, young man, had a dream. He had like a vision. He was walking up a still steep hill, trying to push a heavy cart in front of me. I was heading towards a village where I intended to beg for food for my family. I was struggling greatly. Because of my vision, I was hungry and weakened by constant fasting. The old card was about to roll back and fall on me. But then three men were coming down, and one ki a kind old man who had a very long beard was pulling a large cart full of fresh bread. Two other men were walking on each side of the cart. When the old man saw me, he felt great pity and showed me compassion. And he asked, are you hungry? And I replied, yes, I have nothing to eat. I am on my way to get food for my family. I wept because my family was extremely poor. Because of my father's sickness, we're sold everything valued to and we had and we bought medicine. The man was, felt, was full of compassion and love. And in the vision, the old man took a red bag and bread from his trolley and asked his two servants to give it to me. He said, you must eat it immediately. I opened the wrapping and saw there was a bun of fresh bread inside. When I put the bun in my mouth, it instantly turned into a, a Bible. And he cried to the Lord with thanksgiving, Lord, your name is worthy to be praised. You don't despise my prayer. You allowed me to receive this Bible. I want to serve you for the rest of my life. And my parents woke up, and they came, they came to the, the room, and they thought he had turned crazy for sure. And they came, and they started crying with him. And he started shouting, I'm going to have a Bible. God, show me that 
he's going to give me a Bible. And the father embraced him, and he started crying and praying, Lord, don't let my son turn crazy. Please provide a Bible for him. Don't let him get out of his mind. His father was crying when there was a soft knock. And he said, hello. And when he talked to them, he had not even opened the door. He recognized the voice of the two men from the vision. And he opened the door. He said, you have brought my Bible. And the men said, yes, yes. There was this man, some villages away, three months ago, the Lord told him to give a Bible to this young man, young boy, but he had not obeyed, and he was waiting, waiting, I don't know for what, and the Lord kept on telling him, you take the Bible to this young man, and he gave him the village and the address and the name and the house. And he was not obeying until finally that he grabbed his Bible and he told the two men, take it to him. How long did it take for God to answer his prayer is the long time that it took for that other guy to obey what God was telling him to do. Finally, they came in the middle of the night because if they carried the Bible in the daytime, they could be killed put in prison, or anything like that. As he grabbed that Bible, he started praising the Lord, thanking the Lord, and honoring God for giving him the bread. And he started memorizing his Bible, memorizing his, his, his Bible, putting his Bible in his, in his heart. This is the way he would sleep with his Bible in his chest. He would memorize and memorize and memorize. And I, 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 I cannot finish this story telling you that finally God told him in another dream that he needed to go to another village and share the gospel. As he went and he woke up and he told his mother and father, I need to go to that village and then I need to go to the south. That's the dream I had. As he went to the other village, he did not know how to preach. He just had 16 years old. And he did not know anything about the Bible but what we had been reading and memorizing. He had memorized the whole book of Matthew. And when he got there, it was full of people in the room. So he sat down and he prayed his humble prayer. And he started saying everything he had memorized. He started from Matthew 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. And in his, his mind, he was thinking, Lord, probably this is too difficult for them to understand. But the Holy Spirit spoke to each one of them. They were repenting and crying and thanking and praising God together. Do we have such a wish? Is there in our hearts... A wish that is so desperate like June had? You know? You know? In the world today, people make letters for who? For Santa, right? They write, oh, I want this and that and this and that. And I brought here the, the, the ones that you're going to fill up. 
but they're not going to be for Santa <laughs> because we are Christians. We are going to, um, thank you, Maria Angeli, we're going to write there, and, and we're not finished here. We, we, we just, just keep it, and at a certain moment, we're going to pick it up. We're going to write there what is that one thing or two things that you're asking God for that you wish for God to do in your life, that you're praying and you're willing to fast and pray for that one, one wish to God, one miracle for God to do in your life. So today we want to talk about miracles. <clears throat> Let's go to Exodus 14. Exodus 14. And in this morning, uh, I love this Crestline Church because it takes like 40 minutes for us to get here and we can hear another sermon. <laughs> and my daughter put this morning a sermon that touched this sermon also. So praise the Lord, we can hear it twice, right? <laughs> so Exodus 14, verse 9. Nine, yes, 9. Everybody's there? Say amen. 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 Okay. This is the children of Israel. They're coming to a point that they're going to be in a big struggle, right? <laughs> they have the people that are going to kill them in the back. All the Egyptians are in the back. And they, and they have the Red Sea in the front. They, do they know how to swim? Oh, for sure, right? Because in the desert there was no river. <laughs> no, 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 I don't. They probably swam in, in, in the in the mud and doing the bricks and things like that, no? But no, I don't think they knew how to swim. So they had old people, young people, cattle, so Red Sea in the front, that was sure death, and sure death in the back. What do they need now? A miracle. I have a question, my people. Have you ever been needing a miracle? Yeah. Have you ever been so desperate like you? Lord, I really want this miracle to happen in my life. Yeah. So the Israelites were there in front and not knowing what to do. Lord, we don't know what to do. And they complained, right? That was the first thing they did. Ah, oh, were there no graves in Egypt? You know, you, we could have died over there. Why do you bring us all the way over here to kill us? What's wrong with you, Moses? Who were they complaining to? But, but it's really God. They were complaining to God, right? How did God take the Israelites out of, uh, out of bondage? How? With miracles. How many? At least. <laughs> I'm happy my husband's helping me here. <laughs> Thank you. I, I need that support. <laughs> it was miracle after miracle after miracle. But when they got there, they forgot all about that. Do we forget the miracles that God has done in the past for me? for us do I forget 
Do we forget? <laughs> yeah, we do. We sure do. We have bad memory. Yeah. That's why God said, remember the Sabbath day. <laughs> we have bad memory, but we forget the miracles that he has done in the past. And there they are, not knowing what to do, and they complain. Every time we forget, then we complain. I don't know, Lord. And I need this miracle, but I don't know. <sighs> Let's read it. But the Egyptians pursued after them all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh and his horsemen and his army overtook them encamping by the sea beside all those names. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were sore afraid. And the children of Israel cried out unto God, and they said unto Moses, Because there was no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Verse 12. Is there not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. And Moses, this is my favorite, 13 and 14. And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more. The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. As we were hearing, as, of, as this says, the verse says, to hold our peace, keep it. Uh, well, I'll pick it up soon. Um, to hold our peace is very hard. <coughs> when we have a problem, we want to solve it. Stand still, it's not a good thing for us to do. Okay, Lord, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> I need to do something about this. What am I supposed to do? Stand still, I do not like to stand still. And hold my peace, less. I don't like to hold my peace. I am going to fix this because I can't do it. This is, my name is so-and-so. Have you heard people say something like that? Yeah. Moses, tell them to stand still because they're going to watch a miracle. And at that moment, he told him, go forward, put your rod out, and see the salvation of the Lord. We forget who he is. We think he is blood and sugar like we are. We melt easily when the sun comes out. We're weak. But no, he is almighty. Look at him. Stand still and see. That is the God that we serve, that we forget who he is. Let's go to Joshua. Joshua 5. Everybody with their Bibles there? 
Amen. Joshua 5, verse 13. Here is Joshua, the new leader for the who? The Israelites. Was Joshua there in the Red Sea timing? Yes, he was. Did Joshua have good memory? Yes, he did. <laughs> but Joshua needed to confirm his memory daily. So he goes on his knees. He, I mean, no, he goes on his knees. He goes out early in the morning. It says Joshua 1. This is his custom to search for God. So he goes early in the morning to search for God. And he's on his knees asking the Lord, Lord, what is your plan? First, they're going to cross the, the, the Jordan River, right? And he needed, this was going to be his first event. Moses had done all the rest. This is his first. Now he had to be tested. How could he be, how could he survive this miracle? Because he had to be first, what, how? My people, are you here? <laughs> okay, let's go again. He was going to he was going to see a miracle, right? But before that, he was praying. He was praying. He was on his knees praying, "Lord, help me. Help us." He was there. So in verse 5, he they crossed. But verse 5, they need to conquer where? Jericho, this big, huge city of Jericho was completely impossible to conquer, right? Man's ways? Mm -mm, no way. Everything? Hi. Everybody up there? Every, yes, totally protected. But to tell you the truth, they were shaking with fear up there. <laughs> Because they feared God more than the Israelites. They remembered better than the Israelites. <laughs> Sometimes people out there remember better than us, you know. And, and, and they're like, man, <laughs> these Israelites are coming. Their legs are shaking. <laughs> Should I move out of here so you see my legs shaking? <laughs> They, they're, they're fearful because they know that, that that God that the Israelites serve is a powerful God. They knew it better than the Israelites. We forget. We forget. We forget that God is the miracle maker. And at that moment, he's praying, verse 13, and it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho, that he lifted up his eyes. Why did he lift up his eyes? He was praying, right? He lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went unto him and said unto him, Are thou for us or are for our adversaries? adversaries? <laughs> and he said, Nay, but as captain of the host of the Lord, I am I now come. I'm coming from who? From the Lord. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and said unto him, What saith my Lord unto this servant? So if we want a miracle in our lives, how do we have to be? 
on our knees. How do we win battles? On our knees. On our knees. And this is, this. if we read chapter 6, he'll tell him, we, this is the process. Step number one, put on your boots. Step number two, you know, <laughs> it's not like that. But he just gave him step by step what they had to do with Jericho, go once and twice and blah, blah, blah. And he gave all the instructions that God of heaven had given him. Early in the morning, the only way we can see miracles, it's on our knees. Our character, our life, our everything cannot be transformed unless we're on our knees. Job, I mean, Genesis. Let's go back to Genesis. 32. And this is the story of who? Jacob. What happened to Jacob? He's returning home in a very festive way. He's scared. Yeah, fearful. There's so many examples, but I just chose three this morning. He was fearful. Why? But why are we afraid? The Israelites were afraid of death, right? Because they were going to die. And here, Jacob, what was his brother planning to do to him? Kill him. He was afraid of dying, him and all his house. Because, as my sister said, he had done something wrong. And he was afraid. So here he is. How is Jacob? What is he doing? <clears throat> Where is he? Is he doing a party? Is he dancing all night? What is he doing? Praying. I don't even think he was hungry, right? He went out. He said, I'm, I'm going to be on that side of the river if you want to anything any emergency <laughs> i'm over there he's praying and there he is begging before the lord if we want a miracle in our lives we need to pray we need to be on our knees and begging and fasting and praying as he was there and his brother was about to kill him what miracle happened He met God. He met God. And he said, I will not. I will not. What? I will not let thee go except thou bless me. Verse 25. Verse 24. And Jacob was left alone. And there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that the prevailed not against him, he prevailed not against him. He touched the hollow of his tide, and the hollow of Jacob's tide was out of joint. And he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. And he said unto him, what is thy name? And he said, my name is Deceiver, Jacob. And he said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men, and has prevailed. 
we as human beings, we are called deceivers. But God, but God cannot change us. This sinful heart, I mean, we cannot change it by ourselves. We need a miracle. We need a miracle. Let's go to Matthew 15, 22. Matthew 15, 22. What story is this? You remember? What story is this? And behold, a woman of Canaan. She came out of the same coast and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. Thy daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she cried after us. Sometimes when we cry to God for a miracle, sometimes he does not say a word, right? Right? Are you there? Yeah. Sometimes he stays quiet. For June, he waited for June to give him his Bible because that other man was not responding. He had to wait for months to give him a Bible. But with this lady, he stayed quiet. And she said, he answered her not a word. When God stays quiet, we need to keep praying and asking him for his will. But he answered and said, I'm not to send but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Verse 25. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, is it not met meat to take the children's bread and cast it unto dogs now he was telling her you are not like i cannot give you this miracle you know i i cannot i i, I cannot give it to you because my miracles he was trying to make her even her faith to be bigger right with what he was trying to tell her and he was just testing her longer. And she said, truth, Lord. She didn't even get mad. Yet dogs eat of the crumbs with fall from the, their master's table. She still kept begging on him. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even as, as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Her daughter had demon possession, and she was praying and praying for her daughter. And even though Jesus wanted to test her faith and say, no, I'm not going to do this with you, she begged him, even the dogs get the crumbs from the table. Lord, please do this with me. Please. Have we ever begged God? Do we want something so much that we say, Lord, please, please, please. Even the dogs get the crumbs from the table. 
Do we need a miracle in our lives? Today, we celebrate the biggest miracle. One day, long years before, there was a young virgin giving birth to a baby. And that baby was going to be the miracle that each one of us need in our lives. That baby was the biggest miracle that could change or do anything to our lives and our miserable lives. My question today, our lives can never be okay until Jesus is born in our hearts every day. Every day, every day. Do you want Jesus to be born in your heart? Do you want something in your life, in your heart, that you're pleading with God, and you want him to answer that miracle in your life? It could be a transformation of your character, your life, or something that you need for salvation or something that you need for your life. Now, the papers that Mariangeli passed you, I want everybody to get your paper. Can I have one? And I'm going to give you, um, it, did everybody write it already? We're, we're going to write your wish for God, that you want God to perform a miracle in your life. Write it down and fold your paper. And then after we finish our worship, we're going to do a prayer beside the chimney. We're going to put all our papers there and we're going to pray to God. Lord, today we celebrate the day that you did a miracle for humanity. We did not deserve for Jesus to come into the world and be born here. The people that we studied today, they needed a miracle. June wanted a Bible to be able to preach and share the gospel. The Israelites wanted to be alive and to continue to be God's children. And God performed the biggest miracle to open the Red Sea from wall to wall. You know, God can do a miracle for you and for me. Whatever is the need of what you're praying to God, he can do it. If it's according to his plan. But the biggest miracle that we need to pray for is for Jesus to be born in our hearts daily. To transform us. To be able to consecrate our lives, our hearts, in a, in a holy to him. So Jesus can be seen in each one of our lives. And <clears throat> today, as we make our wish to Jesus, I ask you one more time, what are you praying for? Is it in your heart to have the biggest miracle that God will transform you or transform me to his holiness? The biggest miracle is alive and a life transformed and a life changed.
And today, God says, in order to do that, we need a humble and a contrite, contrite spirit. We can stand where God can and will manifest himself to us. We must have less, we must have less trust in what we ourselves can do and more trust in what the Lord can do through us. We need to have more faith in God and less trust in us. So today, as we celebrate Christmas, let's have a, a, a song, and then we're going to have our last, our last prayer beside the chimney where we're going to put our, our petitions there. So I'm going to ask all of you to stand up and look for him 101. I'm 111, I'm sorry. One second. I, can I have a hymn petition? My Father is omnipotent, and that you can deny. O God of might and miracles, tis written in the sky. It took a miracle to put the stars in place. Thank <laughs> you. 